0: So, Berto, we have a bunch of emails from the patrons that we're going to answer, and also a lot of questions from Discord that we want to answer. And I want to talk about COVID and the vaccines. I want to quiz you and see how smart you are. What do you say, Berto? Let's do it. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a licensed therapist and a professor. Who are you, Berto? My name is Umberto Casaneda and I'm a rock slime disposal agent. All right. So what does COVID-19 stand for? Tell me what it stands for.
1: Let's see. Well, who can tell what the nineteen is about? The, you know, they give these things names, and who Who knows? I mean, uh, but maybe it's because it came out in twenty nineteen. Yeah. Um, COVID. Uh, right, right. What was the COVID? So, um, man, it's funny. Like it's been a year, so I guess I now forgot what the COVID was about. I know it's a variant of the SARS virus. It's a SARS. Um variant but i don't remember now what the covid thing was everyone hated it when they first gave it that name
0: yeah well okay so co stands for something what does co stand for
1: um co immune uh
0: i don't know coronavirus
1: Oh, duh! And coronavirus.
0: And then V I is virus, and D is disease, so it's coronavirus. Wait, so Co
1: is the Co the Corona? It must just be the Corona.
0: Yeah, Co so corona. corona, and V vi- is the virus. V I is and the, the then, virus. Yeah, and then D
1: is the disease. Yeah. I see coronavirus.
0: And then, disease. And then nineteen is uh, it's happened eighteen times before. No, just joking. It came out in twenty nineteen. Uh, what other viruses belong in the coronavirus family? You already mentioned one. SARS and uh, oh man, what was MERS? Yeah. Yeah. There are currently vaccines for SARS and MERS. Yeah.
1: Oh, no. No. Uh, it's just that the uh, those were... Um, they died down because they were contained and they didn't have the... They weren't as spreadable as COVID.
0: True. Uh, yeah. How many vaccine candidates for COVID-19 have been proposed?
1: Um, so let's see. Give me I a know ballpark.
0: Give me a ballpark.
1: Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson. There's a Chinese...
0: I'm going to go... 10. 120 plus. Oh, geez. Uh, Currently, which group has had more severe effects from COVID-19, men or women?
1: Oh, interesting. Mm.
0: I'm going to go with men. True. True or false? COVID-19 has currently been detected on all seven continents. What do you mean true or false? What does that mean? Tougher or bluff?
1: Sorry. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> got it, got it, got it. Sorry, I just didn't know these terminologies. It's been detected on what? All, all seven, seven continents? continents. Huh, that's a great question. I'm going to go tough. Yes, it got everywhere.
0: False, not in Antarctica. Oh, good, 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 good. Uh, and by the way, these are all just facts I pulled from the internet, so I can't really confirm or sure. deny them. Number of COVID-19 deaths in the U.S., Number of COVID-19 deaths mm, as of today, yeah. which is early April.
1: 550,000.
0: Oh, my God. Very close. 552. Oh, Jesus! And by okay. the time this comes out, it'd be more like 560 or something. Oh, World. Worldwide. Worldwide. Uh, worldwide, uh, 1.2 million. Uh, almost double that. Almost 3 million. Okay. Uh, and probably a lot more than that when we actually... <laughs> have all yeah. the data in a couple of years cuz some countries are under reporting a little bit so um it's a lot of people let's just put it that way i mean in the united states almost half a million people dead from something yeah. is just an astronomical num- astronomical number when we consider 911 killed what like five fourth that 2000 people or something i can't remember right uh the Civil War killed similar amounts of people. Uh, the World War Two, uh, something like in Vietnam, it was like fifty or sixty thousand people. Yeah. I mean, think about what Vietnam meant to Americans, and that was spread out over a number of years. This is in one year, yeah, more than half a million people. Um, number of COVID nineteen vaccines administered worldwide. Oh,
1: interesting. Hmm. Let's say there's been.
0: Uh, five hundred million. Close, three hundred sixty million. Pretty good guess okay. there. U.S. Mm, one hundred and twenty. Uh, million. about half that, f- fifty-one million fully vaccinated. So, the amount of vaccines administered <laughs> or, or might be one hundred and twenty, <laughs> but the oh yeah, of, second dose and all yeah, that. yeah, amount of people you know that, that's what we have to really go for. So. That sounds like a lot, but when you consider that we have 328 million people, that's only 16%. And but they can't vaccinate kids,
1: right? So it's only yeah. out of the adult pool.
0: Yeah, but we need a lot of people to yeah. uh, get it is the point, and we are not there yet. Number of COVID-19 uh, vaccine deaths that are confirmed. Vaccine deaths. Uh, confirmed. In the
1: U.S. or all, all worldwide? Worldwide. Ooh, uh, uh, let's say... Let's say a thousand.
0: So are you joking?
1: I don't know. There's been, you said there's been, uh, how many we said? 300 million administered?
0: Yeah. Um, Well, uh, the answer is at this point in early April is zero. We don't have any confirmed deaths. from. I mean,
1: that's surprising to me because I would imagine there's confirmed deaths for every vaccine, but that's surprising.
0: Well, so research is ongoing, and I'm not an expert, I'm just a layperson when it comes to this, but the experts that I follow, the Mm -hmm. research is in its infancy, and the reason why I point this out is because a lot of people are talking about how, oh, you know, the vaccine killed this one person and this sort of thing, and, you know, it's possible that the vaccine was a factor, and maybe even the only reason why someone died, but the more likely, especially when we consider the reporting that is happening, is that the chance of no one dying soon after getting the vaccine is extremely low. People die every day. Thousands yeah. and thousands of people die every day. Yeah. So uh, statistically, you're going to see thousands of people die f- the day after or especially within the first couple weeks of getting the vaccine. That's just going to happen. Right, And a number of deaths happen all the time without any discernible reason, uh, without any, uh, you know, without, without people saying, well, you know, we knew that this person had this condition. Yeah. People die from mysterious reasons all the time. They have random heart attacks. They get really sick really fast all the time. Now, I'm not saying that the vaccine isn't a part of it. No one can say that, but no one can say that the vaccine is a part of it. And so I just want to point out, and the reason why I say this is because everyone needs to get their freaking vaccine. Um, So let me lay out some statistics. Again, worldwide, almost 3 million dead. In the United States, half a million dead versus like... Let's say a thousand. Is, you're right. Like worldwide, a thousand people. Once we actually sift through all the data, a thousand people have died thus far from the vaccine. Okay. So, what percentage are you more likely to die from COVID than you are from the vaccine at this point? If if that's the stat, a thousand people. Infinite. Well, if it was
1: yeah, sorry, if it was I- a thousand, but. You're saying that there's been no no confirmed. So it's but let's say it's 1,000. I mean, let's just yeah. go
0: with that. Let's say 1,000 people, that the vaccine has killed 1,000 people. That, that means it's, you are 300,000 times percent. Three, no, not 300. 000, you're 300,000 percent more likely to die yeah. from COVID-19 than you are from the vaccine. So if you're playing the lottery, which, which bet would you rather make? Yeah, the absolutely. one, the one in, you know, I don't know how, you know, th- th- whatever, astronomically low, or, you know, the the one in 50 chance, or I don't know what the chance of dying with COVID. But, you know, I think the death rate was something like 2% at some point, um, which is about yeah. one in 50. So um, would you rather or, uh, and or would you rather get it and kill your relatives? <laughs> you know, like, right. so the point is, is that it is your duty i got vaccined as soon as i could as soon as i could you know manage to get in uh, on the schedule because i'm a therapist burdo is going to get his as soon as he is eligible and 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 he's uh after his surgery because you're getting mm-hmm. surgery on your thyroid that's right um if everyone does this if everyone does their part we can beat this thing together I find a lot of people thinking very selfishly about this. There's there's talking, not everyone, but a lot of people are talking about the vaccine like, well, but if everyone else gets it, then it's fine. Or, but I'm scared and I don't want to do it. Let me give you an analogy. Down the street, uh, your someone, someone like a, a bunch of hooligans break into your neighbor's house and trash it. And things have fallen down and there's some walls that need to be repaired and someone comes by your house and says, Hey, so-and-so down the street, their house was trashed. And, um, if everyone chips in, we can actually fix their house today. Um, would you say, but I might get a sliver or I might actually die because what if, you know, in the odd chance, my head. Yeah. What if, what if like, the roof falls down on my head and I die. I mean, you know, there's a one in 100,000 chance that I'm going to be killed in this, in this actually, effort. Actually, it's actually
1: worse than this. Before this project, a couple of weeks ago, the whole area where this house is going to be built was full of rusty nails and, and splinters. And I, on a daily basis, even though everyone was telling me that that was a risky place to go to, I was defying all the common wisdom and going over there and rolling around (laughs) on the rusty nails and the splinters because, you know what? I got to keep on living. No one's going to keep me at home and tell me what to do. But as soon as it's like, well, now we're going to fix up the place. Whoa, that's too risky. Yeah. Like, that's what's happening. Think about it. There's people that were like, I don't see a. I'm going to go to that restaurant anyways. I'm going to go do this anyways. I'm not gonna stop living. Just, Actually, oh, what? It's, that it's, even, it's even worse. That's really than that.
0: scary. The the analogy <laughs> is you were part of the hooligans. Yeah, exactly. You were the ones going over there and destroying the neighbor's house, and now all you got to do is participate in a a group action that will probably take you literally 15 minutes uh, and minimal work. You'll probably be a part of a of a chain line where you're like, right. you know, loading stuff <laughs> into house and. And that's it. That's all you got to do. And if everyone does it, it'll take an hour and the entire house will be fine.
1: But, you know, part of, part of the problem is because there, there's a large contingent, including couple, some of my relatives, who uh, they firmly believe that the vaccines are a plot to control us. God. And so... They're not looking at it even just from like, whoa, what if I get sick from that vaccine? They're like, oh, this is, you know, they're going to mark us. They're going to control us. They're going to put chips
0: in us. They're going to blah, blah, blah. It's just the dumbest thing. And so... Yeah. It's sad. Uh, it's just, yeah. I mean, and this is dire. If we... So we're at, 50, we're at 16% in the United States, which is, which is actually way ahead of the curve in terms of the rest of the world. If we don't get to herd immunity... We are going to be in routine lockdown for the rest of society, for the rest of our lives. Coronavirus will mutate and it will continue to kill and it will do terrible, terrible things in all likelihood. Or you can suck it up and be science-based and listen to the experts and stop following the dumbest websites on the planet and think for half a second and do your duty. Do your moral and patriotic and citizen duty of getting your gosh darn vaccine. Now, if you can't get it for some reason, fine. Of course, there are a lot of people who can't get it. A lot of people, there's just no way. But if you can, then I am personally yelling at you right now. And (laughs) and if you're upset by that, you know what? If there's one hill that I'm willing to get a lot of hate mail over, it's this. Like, of all the things I've ever talked about, half a million people dead in my country. Half a million. Yep. And w- now we have a chance to do something about it. And you should be, you should, you should be walking in, getting your vaccine, and feeling like you're, you're making history. Fifty years from now, there's going to there's gonna be books written about what's happening right now. And they're going to say there were the smart people and there were the idiots. There were the people who did their duty and there were the people who contributed to the problem and literally participated in killing millions of people around the earth. There were people who listened to the scientists and listened to the experts and were part of their the patriotic effort and the humanistic effort of actually saving lives. And, and it's not just saving lives, it's it's making it so that I can go up to my mom and dad's house and hug my parents. It's yeah. so that I can start spending money in restaurants and giving people jobs again. It's so that I can actually see clients in person. <laughs> this isn't just, you know, it, it isn't just lives, which is a big deal. But this is about everyone getting their lives back, people getting jobs back, people having their, uh, a chance to actually hang out with their family members. People able to go into the hospital rooms where their family members are dying and say goodbye to them. This is not just, you know, well, I don't know the fact I, I, I saw this news report that said someone died. Yeah, people die all the time, especially from COVID-19. Now is the time. Now is the call to arms. Now is your duty. Now is your time to stand tall. And if you are one of those people that have done it, stand tall, advertise, spread the word. If you spread the word and say, I got it, I didn't die, I'm fine. In fact, it's my patriotic, it is my citizen, it is my humanistic duty to do this. Feel good about it. Celebrate. Do you want to be on the side of history that is uh, held up? There will be monuments. There will undoubtedly be monuments across the world. This is one world effort. There will be monuments erected. Over the next 10 years, huge monuments with names of people that died in a particular town. Do you want to be one of those people that did what you could? Or do you want to be one of those people saying, eh, uh, you know, I'm afraid. Yeah. Look at the stats. Think about it. You are, according to Umberto's stat, 000, you know, 1,000 people dead, which is debatable. Three... Uh, I, by
1: the way, I was just guessing and that's not <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard anything.
0: Yeah. There they're, at this point of the news cycle, according to the experts that I've talked to or you know listened to, there's no conf- confirmation. Now it's right. possible, but let's just say a thousand. You're three hundred thousand percentage more likely to die from COVID nineteen or kill someone from COVID nineteen than you are to than you are to die from the vaccine. I've had both vaccines both times I had the vaccine for about 24 hours, I felt a little under the weather, and if I didn't, if I wasn't paying attention, I probably wouldn't have known. I probably just would have thought I ate something wrong and moved on with my life. Now, some people are having bigger reactions; most people are having very little reactions. So, it's important. It, whatever sort of uh, you know thing, whatever sort of courage you got to drum up, this is your chance to participate in the movement that will literally save people's lives and get us back into our regular lives. Get us back to hugging our friends. Get us back to spending money. Get people jobs back. Get people off welfare. Get people out of poverty. Get people ho- out of homelessness. Get people so they can feed their children. Get people so they can pay for health care. Get, get physicians so they can actually start spending time on other, other issues. Get, get physicians for, for so they, no... don't have to, they don't have to wear PPE all day long and sweat their, their, you know, their heads off while they're ch- trying to save them, the people while also saving themselves and saving the people around them.
1: If for no other reason, do it so I can go back to getting massages
0: on a regular basis. <laughs> like, just think about that. All right. How much hate mail do you think I'm going to get from the anti-vaxxers?
1: Hopefully not that much in this audience, but who knows?
0: Okay. So before going to break, I just want to give a shout-out. I'm going to start a new segment, Birdo. Okay. Um, I don't know. Okay, so this is this is a new thing. You, you're going to come up with the name for it. You came up oh, with t- boy. You came up with Tougher Bluff 13 years oh, ago. Oh, boy. Um, recently, we segment. reran the episode from 2012 in which you invented Gripes of Wrath. <laughs> Um, That's there was funny. this little, uh, uh, Stacy was listening to it and she's like, oh, you came up with gripes of wrath in that episode. <laughs> anyway, so this is your chance. For, so this is going to be a segment in which I read the oldest patrons. So we started on Patreon in September of 2015. And so there's a handful of people that signed up on Patreon with us, uh, six years ago. And I want to. I want to start honoring people that have been patrons forever. Oh. So every so, I'm going to do September 2015, and then next time we record, I'll do October 2015 and so on. So what should this uh, section be called? What segment be called?
1: Oh, so so many opportunities. It could be like, you know, you combine grizzled, grizzled, uh, you know, old timer with patron. <laughs> you get like grizzletron or something. <laughs> or you could do like, I was thinking Methuselah, Methuselah. Like the Methuselah section. I don't know if you're familiar with Methuselah, but. No. Um, another, another one could be like, oh, the, you know, like the ancients.
0: In, Ooh, um, the ancients. The
1: ancients. This is the.
0: Uh, the patrons? The, the patrons? The, the
1: patrons. Page, yeah. And by the way, what is the award? What are you giving?
0: Not an award. I'm just giving a sh- shout out to. A shout
1: out. Okay. Okay, okay. So.
0: But they, they're hard of hearing
1: because they're ancient. So, you know, this is like it's it's tough, it's tough to hear cuz you're older. Um, by the way, that's ageist. That's not fair. The <laughs> uh, ageist award. <laughs> well, so so
0: they're pa- they're patrons. They're yeah, they're old timers, long timers.
1: What do you call the um in the in the Lord of the Rings, you have the 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 thing that... that
0: um, the Nazgul?
1: No, 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 no. Uh, the thing that uh, Gandalf is. He is uh, Mylar?
0: Oh, Maya, y- Maya. I think Mya or
1: something. They're very old. The elf are very old. Oh, and where do they go? They go
0: off to the... Well, in the end, they go off, they to, sail off to the western Undying Lands, I think. The Undying Lands. Isn't there an island like Valor or... Well, there's Numenor, that, that, Numenor. Fell, that, that, that sunk into the sea. I think you're going way off base. Just think of a phrase <laughs> that has to do with longtime patrons that are, you know, it's a shout out to longtime patrons.
1: Okay. There's original gangsters, original patrons, the OPs.
0: O- o- OPs. The OP shout out. OPs. I like that. OPs, yeah. The original okay. patrons the o original patrons okay o p p yeah, you know me the o yeah it'll always have that joke in it for you berto, the old patrons okay what
1: what's a what's a word that starts with p that means award like um uh, i don't know
0: oh the o p p s uh yeah. the old patron presentation <laughs> I don't know. I just like but I think
1: it. I think OP is a good base.
0: Yeah, the o, the OP's, the OP's, will do the that. OP's? Um, okay. So, September 2015, we have Anita, whom you've met. She's actually come to one of our early uh pod parties at my condo, do you remember?
1: Oh yeah,
0: uh, of course. Yeah, it's just yeah. And then our so she was she's our very first patron that it, she's the, she's our oldest really? patron. Yeah. Our wow. second oldest is Famous patron, Lyndon. Yay! From Ireland, and if you want to meet him, he is on the Facebook fan page. O-P-F-P-L. Our third oldest patron, f- full, our third OP, is M, just the letter M is in Mary. Uh, unknown where that person is from, so it's a mystery wow. person. Then we got Sweet. Sarah from Wait, Tucson. Wait, is it
1: M? Is it maybe M from James Bond?
0: Oh, it, it's, of course. Who, what other M would we know? I mean, no one else is named M. So we have Sarah from Tucson. Mm. We have Kristen from Boston. Woo! We have Scott from New Orleans. And oh, we, have, we have Michelle from Apollo, Pennsylvania.
1: Apollo? That's a cool name for a city.
0: So thank you, Anita, Linda, M, Linden, M, Sarah, Kristen, Scott, Michelle, for being our oldest OPs.
1: OPPs? Yeah, we know
0: thee. All right, let's take a break. And when we get back, let's answer questions from Discord. What do you say, Berto? Let's do it. Hey, deserving listeners. As you know, I'm constantly recommending that people go to therapy. We all need therapy from time to time. One of the options available that is definitely worth checking out is BetterHelp.com. So if you're looking for a therapist, I would give it a try by going to BetterHelp.com slash Kirk. Make sure you use the slash Kirk because you get 10% off your first month and it helps us out. I get a lot of emails from you saying that you're looking for a therapist. As you watch these videos, I know many of you have been motivated to find your own therapist, but I know it can be really hard to find a good one to work with. Like I said, one of the options available to try is betterhelp.com slash Kirk. And you should know that this service is available to clients worldwide, which is amazing. I've been told that you can start communicating with your therapist in under 24 hours. You can message with your counselor anytime. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. And I've been told that it's often less expensive than in-person therapy. So go to betterhelp.com slash Kirk to get 10% off your first month of therapy today. All right, Birdo. So if there was a rap song about the OPPs, what would that be like?
1: (laughs) I'm so bad at raps. Um (laughs) A long time ago, in a galaxy far below, the OPPs were signing up, and they didn't know what was up. (laughs) That's so bad. (laughs) See, you found my weakness, man. I can improvise on anything. That that wasn't that bad. I mean,
0: that was way better than what I could have came up with. Oh my god! So, Berto, before we get into the Discord questions, I want to talk about our our new favorite pastime, which is Valheim. It's a, it's a yeah. video game that came out not too long ago. If you're not familiar with it out there, it's sort of like Minecraft meets Skyrim. And also it has a little bit of uh, Fortnite in that you can build structures really fast. Build forts, yeah. And, and you're always like picking up, uh, you know, sort of things to build stuff with. But... But the the appeal. What is the appeal of this game, brother? Because when when you first, I'd seen people playing it. You know, I watched YouTube videos of people yeah. playing video games, and I saw people playing it, and I just thought, like, well, that doesn't look very fun. And then you said you were playing it and really liking it, and I was just like, really? Because I know you yeah. and I have similar, <laughs> at least slightly similar tastes, yeah. in that you like a lot of strategy uh, games, right. and so so I tried it out and instantly was hooked and. Every day that's what I do at night and honestly like there was there's a there's about 15 minutes like I finally got all my crap together today before uh, calling you up to record today uh-huh. and I had like 15 minutes and I was really tempted to just hop on Valheim and like <laughs> try to collect some do something collect some necktails or something but um, anyway why is this appealing Bruno? well first of all I, I like you when when I first heard about it,
1: I was like, yeah, I'm going to skip it. Um, it just didn't hold an interest. Mostly because I saw a couple of screenshots. And, you know, th- this game was developed by five people over like three years. Which is unbelievable, by the way. But they used a lot of default... And I heard it's not even really done yet. It's not. It's in It's in early release beta, basically. Yeah, it's crazy. But they, they used a lot of default texture packs and things. So, uh, the, the textures are not very high resolution. The default ones you can use. And... Anyways, so I saw the screenshots. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what this is. But yeah, someone just like you, someone I know is like, hey, I tried this. This is really good. I started playing it. There's a couple things that for me were instantly addicting. One of them is, it is very rewarding early on. You just jump into the game. You're collecting berries. You're like killing a couple things. And it's, you know, it's easy to start feeling rewarded because you're like, oh, I just got something. Yeah. Then then you can easily start upgrading, getting a little bit of leather armor. Then you can, oh, you can upgrade your leather armor and then you can build. And then the, that's the second part. You can build. And so instantly you're like, well, I'm going to build a little house for myself. And that's like Legos right there, like Minecraft. Uh, the third thing, though, is when we played co-op, that is so fun, even if we're just like, you don't have to do much. Like, mostly we were just gathering resources and building a fort together. And it's essentially when your little friend would come over, and you're like, hey, let's build a fort. Yeah. And you'd, like, grab blankets and sticks, and then you'd, oh, like, here's going to be where we dock our huge boat. And here's where we're going to be. What, and that's that's what it is. It's so fun.
0: I hadn't <laughs> thought about that. Yeah, it is like when, because when I was a kid, me and my fr- my best friends, I had three best friends that I had uh, two uh, friends that lived right on the left, and a best friend that lived on the right, and the four of us would spend all the time in the woods building tree forts and underground oh, yeah. forts and like
1: with secret entrances.
0: And yeah, that. and we had all these plans, and half ninety of, percent of them never came to fruition. They, were, <laughs> they just they just became like misshapen holes in the ground. Um, but yeah, it is kind of like that, and um, the the satisfaction like. When I just sort of jump on for 15 minutes, I'll Mm. just, you know, sort of tour around my base, just like chopping a tree down, getting some berries, you know, getting some, hunting some game, and then I (laughs) go back to my little fort, and I I literally sit, I made a little chair by the fire, (laughs) and I have a rug, and I have all my trophies on the wall, right? and I just sit, and I just like... Look at the fire, or sometimes, um, you know, my base is on the on waterfront. So sometimes I'll climb to the top of my base and I'll just watch the sunrise. Mm, nice. And, and the soundscape is actually really effective. Yeah. That the when you have headphones on or even without headphones, it it feels like you're in nature. Maybe that's a part of it too. Is yeah the 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 connection with nature.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and and also, like you said, the the sort of satisfaction of it all, but. But honestly, when we did co-op, um, yeah, uh, you really helped me because I was kind of lost. And like seeing the two of you guys do stuff that I was like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. Right. You know, it sort of propelled me. But anyway, I just wanted to geek out about Valheim. Uh, with uh, I with just want
1: to let you know that I tried going up against the next boss.
0: The third boss.
1: The third boss.
0: Bone mass. I don't
1: know. I don't know what I'm going to have to do, man. I I ran away. I... I couldn't even dent the thing. Like I don't know. <laughs> it has a lot. Of hit, it has a
0: lot of hit points.
1: I mean, I I don't know if I was doing that. I kept sending arrows, and it looked like a little teeny sliver was, you know. Oh yeah. I don't know. I can and, you can you can you run away from it at all? I did. I mean, I I had set up. I had set it up so I could run away and go through a portal, and. But man, I don't know what I'm gonna do. It feels yeah. like I need to be much more upgraded.
0: Well, I accidentally watched a video in which there's two ways to cheese that that boss. But, of course, you and I don't want to cheat. Anyway, Orla on uh, Discord asks... So, there's a... By the way, you can join the Discord by clicking the link in the description. And you can go to the uh, short questions channel, I believe it is. And... I love this channel because people will ask these little short questions, not, not the big ones, easy questions. So go there. Orla is a frequent contributor, contributor, and Orla says, "What are your favorite ice cream scoops, Berto?" Wow, rum raisin has got to be one of the all-time favorites for me. Yeah, rum oh, raisin. Rum
1: raisin. You know oh, what? Yeah. I don't
0: like raisins in. You know, I don't. Maybe it's because I got too many. Uh, traumas from thinking it was chocolate chip when it was raisin.
1: (laughs) Like you were like, ooh, a cookie, chocolate chip. Wait a minute, it's oatmeal raisin. Yeah. Well, see, I love oatmeal raisin. I love rum raisin. And my favorite rice dish in the world is, you know, my grandma's coconut raisin rice. So, anyways, I love rum raisin, especially if it's really rummy tasting. Oh, man. So that's one for sure. And then another one would have to be Something that was really limey, like lime flavored, either just straight out lime or maybe a key lime, or mm, that would be good
0: for me. It's always been pralines and cream from, oh yeah, that's uh, good from Baskin Robbins, oh, and yeah. uh, now of course you know there's a lot of different ice creams I like, but as a kid, once I found that, I just never looked back. I think that was
1: my favorite Baskin Robbins one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it it's like a creamy vanilla, but then it has these pralines in it—these candy pralines, which are like a nut—and then it has a marbling of caramel. And then, of course, Cold Stone. I always Mm. got the uh peanut. I had chocolate ice cream with actual peanut butter mixed in and Reese's, I believe. Oh, so good. Orla also asks, how do you like your coffee and teas, Berto? Okay, so I I can't
1: do normal caffeine because it just amps me up too much. So I do decaf, which I know, sorry, but um, I do decaf and I do oat milk. Uh, I love hazelnut. So a hazelnut, oat milk, decaf latte for me is really amazing. I really also love cappuccinos.
0: I like my coffee and tea straight and hot but not too hot i I've never understood why anyone would want sugar in in coffee or tea it's it it is utterly disgusting to me <laughs> i I can understand why people would what i cannot understand like the sugary coffee to me is like it's two things that just do oh not mix God. in in my head even so... even even tea like like it just it just i it's like Imagine two things that just don't mix, you know, like like, like
1: salt and sugar
0: <laughs> like uh I don't know it's hard to cut like bubble gum and a you know a rare steak or something. It's just <laughs> like
1: to me, they just well, what if don't, it's a one flavored bubble gum though
0: yeah, um, and with cream, I can kind of i i've I've occasionally dipped into a little bit of a little bit of milk, a little bit of cream, but it's a similar kind of thing. I'm just like. If it now now if the coffee is terrible, then a little bit of cream will cover up the problem. But the sugar, I do not understand. Just so
1: I mean, I I grew up in Colombia with, as kids they would give us coffee, but it was coffee with milk, and sugar, and so it was in you know for breakfast I would have my little coffee with milk
0: and sugar as a a child as a child yeah oh my goodness crazy in my in my house they. We weren't allowed to have coffee until... and yeah, I don't think
1: caffeine is that good for kids, but yeah. I'd have it. And then the thing is I would pretend it was um essentially caramel arequipe, which is kinda. Well by the time milk, you put in all that
0: junk, it, it practically is caramel. So
1: yeah, and so like I would pick it up with my spoon and I would pretend it was like
0: thick, creamy caramel, and I was mm, oh it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> and I like it hot. I can't stand there's a really specific temperature of coffee heat that I need it to be, but it can't be too hot. And the magic uh, uh, ingredient is as soon when I go to Starbucks, for example, or any place like that, it always comes out way too hot, and I have to literally wait 15 minutes before it gets to the magic temperature. And so I always say, put in a couple ice cubes, and then I can. Then it's like usually if they put in the right amount of ice cubes, it's like the perfect heat. My dad. It needs to be be like, you know, it needs to be well below but very close to scalding your tongue. You know what I mean? But it it can't, it it has to be almost there, but definitely not like on the borderline. You know what I'm saying? So my my dad, I don't know if he still does, but my dad used
1: to drink so hot, like so hot.
0: Yeah, I don't understand people like that. that.
1: And I couldn't understand like chemically. what happens in his mouth. Like, I don't know if he's, he's a smoker. Maybe he's deadened his cells so much. I don't know. Cause I would try a sip and I was like in the, I was in the hospital for a week, you know, like my mouth didn't taste for years.
0: Uh, Nythra is another frequent um, Discord contributor says, chocolate or fruity candy, Berto?
1: Yeah. Okay. So I've evolved a bit. For most of my life, it would have been fruity candy. The citrusier, the better. Sour patch this and that. Oh man, just give it to me. In my older age, in my retirement age, as I call it, I've come to appreciate chocolates a bit more. Huh. So now I'm sort of like divided. If, if you just kind of give me a run-of-the-mill chocolate or a run-of-the-mill uh, fruity treat, I'll take the fruity treat. But if you have a really fancy chocolate, I'm going to go that way.
0: For me, chocolate, 100%. Um, I'm actually not... The older I get, the more I actually can't tolerate treats in general. There's a part of me that kind of wants... Me, me and my brothers, especially my younger brother, are really just not... Like, for our birthdays, we would always say, just, you know, don't get me a cake. Like, that. <laughs> an ice cream cake, I'm into that. Like, ice cream, I can eat. But now, even stuff like that, like, I'll feel ill afterwards. It just... It kind of ruins my, my physiology. And so wait, I, which part the, just eating the ice cream, <laughs> anything that's sugary pretty much. Oh, that's sugary. Okay. Um, but I, but I, you know, we're having a party in my, at my university and they were like, you know, what kind of treat do you want? Kirk, you know? And, and I was like, uh, actually I don't like treats. And then I thought, but you know, and I felt bad cause I know that they wanted to do something. I was like, well, I do like a good apple fritter. Ooh. Do you know apple fritters?
1: Oh yeah, I love apple fritters.
0: Yeah, yeah, but even then, it's just like the amount of sugar uh, that that is caked in there is. Uh, it I, I'm with you, man. Doesn't agree with me.
1: I, I'm with you. It's so I keep having this fantasy that I can eat a donut, you know. And when I every now and then I get this <laughs> craving, I'm like, "Ooh, I want a donut." Yeah, yeah. But it's just like so many things in life. Like the idea sounds amazing. Then when I actually get that donut in front of me and I start biting into it, like. Me, almost immediately, I'm like, oh, God, this was a terrible mistake. And if I finish the whole thing, oh, yeah, there's there's hell to pay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, if you give me a bag of, uh, you know, Ruffles, salt, sour cream, and onion, like, I'll eat the whole thing. And I'll feel kind of bad afterwards, but uh, not really. <laughs> I'm sure it's not doing wonders for my digestive. Anyway. Ann says, if you had two days to show someone around greater Seattle area, where would you take them? Berto, what would you say?
1: Two days. Well, you know, you got to. So are we assuming post-COVID?
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, pre-COVID, uh, stay in your hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Look yeah. out the window. Yeah, true.
1: Okay, so first off, you got to do a couple of uh, things that are a must-have if you if you go to Seattle. So you got to take them to the space and you uh, And then now. Do you go up to the top? Yeah, you, abs- you got to take him to the top. Yeah. No question. Because um, it's weird. It's like, oh, where were you? We were in Seattle visiting my cousin Umberto or whatever. Really? That's amazing. I'm assuming you saw the Space Needle. Yeah, wow. What a cool thing. Yeah, isn't it awesome when you look around? And- well, we didn't go up. What? Oh, Umberto
0: said it was a little pricey.
1: What? It is expensive. Fire that
0: cousin. It is expensive. And on some days, it's all booked up. You know, you have to get yeah, your tickets. Yeah, but and- you know. But totally, totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was okay, my so, number one. That was my number one. And I right. also thought was my number one because at the top, you can get a lay of the land. You, you know, you can yeah. sort of see that's where that is, that's where that is.
1: Right, right, right. So that's all true. Uh, second, um, there is a attraction now uh, right there um, down by, uh, what's it called, a pier. Um it's the wings over
0: Washington. Oh my God, that's on my list too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't think like it's just this little thing. But it's like the one they have in California and stuff. You sit in this yeah. big theater and uh, it, it like lifts you up. And it's totally surprising if you haven't done these things.
0: Yeah. It's it like, makes if you haven't been on one of these <sighs> things, they have one in California Adventures in Disneyland mm-hmm. in, in LA. And it it what essentially is, is, this, is this giant like IMAX screen and when you're sitting, it's like a ride where they they pull you up into the air and it it feels like you're literally flying and it also will spray water and like and uh, aromas. So you're flying over the mountains. And so you get this sure. little mist of like a, a cloud as you're going through it. it it's and there's a little entertaining. Uh, uh, it's, there's like a waiting room where these, these introduction movies, especially if you have kids, this is like a really oh, yeah, good thing. yeah, totally. It's, it's very geared for families, but,
1: but the actual visuals are amazing. They take you through very, several places that are amazing in Washington state and all these things. So anyway, so that's another one. Um, I also would say, uh, for, for me, like just even going to the water's great, but Pike Place is another thing you gotta do. Yeah. Because it's got the original Starbucks and it has my comic book store that I like to go to. So my, granted it's a little selfish. I'll be like, I gotta show you Pike Place because I have to go to the comic
0: book store. Yeah. And by the way, it's Pike Place Market, not Pike's Market, not Pike's, Pike's Place. Not Pike Street. It is literally <laughs> a market on a particular street called Pike Place. The street is called Pike Place. Like Melrose I'll take to Place. place. <laughs> Yeah. Um it but it also has buskers and mm-hmm. all the fish. You played there? Yeah, I've 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 busked there. Busked. And it just feels seattle-y there. Mm-hmm. Um and you can actually get like some flowers or some fruit or a, a calzone or something. It's it's a vibrant place for sure. Yeah. Uh what else is, do you have anything else to do in this? Well, there's the
1: restaurant that I would like to take special guests to, which is Asaggio. Uh, it's a f- favorite of mine in Seattle. It's an Italian cuisine. And, uh, you know, the owner is very gregarious, very cool dude. And <laughs> How often do you um, go there? Well, not a lot recently. <laughs> but, you know, I used to go at least once, once a year for a special occasion.
0: Yeah, like your yeah. birthday and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, well, so here's my list is Space Needle, and I was sort of thinking by region. So you go to the Glass Museum, that's pretty cool there, and you go to yeah. – you could skip the Glass Museum, honestly, it's not that big of a deal. But the Museum of, of – the Mopop, Museum of Pop History or Museum of Pop? What is – I don't know the full name of that. It used that's to be the one the, that used to be the uh, EMP. Yeah, the Experience Music Project, but yeah. it is a pop culture museum – and it's pretty cool and it has a lot of seattle-ish things in there i was also thinking about at that point that region going to the 5 point uh which the, the owner at the 5 point restaurant, restaurant right? yeah, yeah. cuz it's it's very seattle in there oh, and very old school and there's the statue of Chief Self there. I heard the owner of Five Point is a terrible person, but anyway. <laughs> I also was thinking you got to go see the Amazon Balls. You know the giant, the giant oh, scrotum yeah. that is the <laughs> Amazon building. Um, just can you do? Can you go inside there and, or do you have to get a appointment to tour? It's like a I big. I have no idea. I've never actually. Yeah.
1: Um, I've seen them, but I've never been in.
0: Yeah, uh, there's also like some Amazon. Uh, cause the, the main headquarters is downtown Seattle, correct? Isn't it?
1: Uh, I think so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's one of the main headquarters. And so there's like little things you can kind of check out around there. Like they have, I think one of the Amazon convenience stores that you just walk in and just walk out with stuff and it just charges your thing or <laughs> so. I don't know how it is. Yeah. Um, with but the anyway, chips. <laughs> this is kind of a fun, uh, part of town to, just look around it's it's sort of like the upcoming up and coming downtown belltown area anyway. and of course pike place and you, you got to go to the gum wall i mean the gum wall is it's kind of dumb but it's but it's also like you gotta see it you gotta take a picture and post it and gross out everyone on facebook Well, the gum wall during COVID must have been a no-no <laughs> and then you got to go to improv at the post alley you know i've taken you there mm-hmm. before right and oh that, yeah that, that was is, fun yeah uh, got to go to the waterfront, you know, uh, flying, you know, what was it? Flying over Washington or wings over Wings Washington. over Washington, go on the ferry, uh, go to the aquarium. Then you go down to the, uh, international district, Chinatown, you go to Wajimaya, maybe the wing Luke museum. You got to go to Maneki. That's my, that's my restaurant. Go-to. That's to. go-to yeah. oldest restaurant, in Seattle, Japanese. It's been there for 150 years. It's a part of. Town that used to be old Japan. Actually, Pioneer Square, I think, used to be old Japantown. Anyway, then you got to go to Capitol Hill, Pike and Broadway. You go there at night because that's where all the happening clubs are Cha Cha, Unicorn, Chop Suey, mm. uh, you know, Neighbors, uh, right. uh, Our Place, um, all those places. A lot of stuff to do up there, especially if you're younger. Then you go, to, maybe the next day, you wake up, you go to Bakery Nouveau in, in West Seattle. Beautiful Whoa. French bakery has the best, 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 like, even their pizza is amazing. Really? Go to Alki, walk along Alki Beach. Uh, that night, maybe go to Crocodile Rendezvous, and then late night, go to Beth's. The, the okay, restaurant.
1: that's a full-packed day, man.
0: <laughs> uh, Orla also says, ice cream scoop or whipped ice cream? Birdo. Scoop uh, or whipped? So whipped ice cream, meaning the like soft serve. You know, I didn't know what this meant. I'm guessing that, that must, must soft be soft serve. serve. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Different purposes for different moments in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Look, uh, a soft serve dipped in that chocolate shell can be glorious, especially with a little bit of nuts on there. Oh, although sometimes I don't want the nuts. Sometimes I just want that nice little tender chocolate coating. And then sometimes just,
0: you feel like a nut. Oh, exactly. Sometimes, sometimes you, you don't. don't.
1: But the problem with that, or, you know, whatever, is uh, it's a pretty one-dimensional experience, maybe two-dimensional. Whereas when you get the cones with the with the little balls, you know, you can mix and match infinitely. And so that it's a three-dimensional experience, four-dimensional. So I would say when I'm feeling, like, nostalgic for my childhood, I want a soft serve with a little chocolate shell. And when I'm feeling adventurous, which is most of the time, I'm going to go and get a couple different flavors, things I've never tried before.
0: You know, originally I was going to say scoop, but after hearing you talk about uh, soft serve, I can't choose. I'm ambivalent. I, I'm, going, I'm going both ways. I'm, right. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going both ways. Okay. Laggy on Discord says, what countries have you visited? Berto?"
1: Okay, well I mean I was from Colombia, so I guess I visited there.
0: Well actually technically um, you've you've visited the United States. I visited the United
1: States, I visited Canada, I visited Mexico and England, and that might be the end of my list.
0: You never no, ventured no, into no, no, the no, countries no, around no, no. Colombia?
1: Stockholm. Stockholm. So Stockholm and then No, I like mean like
0: Venezuela or No Brazil. No, is it common is for it? Colombians that's all, that's never not to, not to not because those countries are States pretty close. Colombia, Stockholm, England.
1: That's it, man. Panama. I haven't been, I haven't been that traveled. I Asia.
0: Yeah, no. no oh, okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been. I I've had like periods of my life where I would travel, but most of my life, particularly growing up, we never went anywhere. We wouldn't even go outside of Washington. We would go from. Seattle to mm. Spokane. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I've been to Canada quite a, a number of times because it's so close to Seattle. Been to Mexico several times because it's the closest, like, most different country. It's pretty easy to go there, especially before. Been to Japan, been to France, been to England, been to Columbia with Birdo. Been to Bonaire, which is, you know, Aruba. Da, da, da. You know, there's Aruba, mm, Curaçao, yeah. and Bonaire. Cocoa. Yeah. And I've been to Cuba. And I've been to Greece. I've been to Athens and Santorini. Is that
1: and... why you love Kokomo so much? God, I hate that song. So, guess what? I finally watched Across the Universe.
0: No way. What'd you yeah, think? Yeah, yeah, What'd you think? How many so, Birdos out of 10?
1: Um, It's it's an interesting movie. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go... I'm going to give it seven Birdos.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably give it that too. I mean, it's not like yeah. amazing, but the cover versions... And of the songs are at least half of them, I think, are okay.
1: Yeah. The music, of course, you know, amazing. And the covers, yeah, they, they were very serviceable. Uh, there were a couple of things where I was like, okay. But mostly I was really happy about the music.
0: And I thought the I, story was like, okay. You know, yeah,
1: you... but that's the thing, though, is I would have, like, I've talked, I, one in another episode, I briefly talked about this movie called American Pop. And American pop uses all these famous songs, but it's an it's an animated movie uh, And it also strings together sort of like a collage of stories But I actually felt that that was a little bit better strung together this one. I I felt like they could have spent a little bit more on making the story. I don't know like To me the story wouldn't have worked as a movie by itself totally like it just wouldn't
0: have. yeah but, uh you know and if you don't know across the universe is a movie that was made i don't know 10 or 15 years ago and it is a musical where they cover a lot of beatles songs and the storyline is very you know beatles influenced and it, if you're not a beatles fan you probably wouldn't like it <laughs> i'm guessing <laughs> but
1: but it was visually cool and um there's some very trippy parts to it. It also had a bit of a political, you know, message. And um, it was fun.
0: It was fun. Now you have and to watch. And by the way, I
1: saw, it, I saw it in the big screen because I don't know if you've seen this, but movie theaters are renting out whole movie theaters.
0: Yeah, I heard that.
1: For like I... 99 bucks. Did you do that? I rented out a, a, a movie theater just to watch it. <laughs> oh my God. Why? Because I wanted to see this specific movie. In the big screen, and I would have never, ever, ever been able to do that. Yeah, yeah. Because it, you know, I didn't see it when it came out. When would they re-release this
0: movie? Yeah, yeah. Never. Right, I guess that'd be a movie to see on the big screen. Yeah. But why would you waste it on that? I mean, why wouldn't you see, like... American Psycho on the big screen because they don't show.
1: I mean, there's a specific list of movies they show, oh. and this one was one of only two that I was like, "Okay, I'll see." Why that. would
0: that one even be on the list and not American I don't know. Psycho? But, but but when I saw it, I'm like, "This is my chance to see it." Yeah, yeah. Orla on Discord says, "How did your puppy adapt to your cat?" Oh, says so this is to me. Um, the puppy Leia really was hyper and wanted to play with both cats but eventually learned that the cats were not dogs because <laughs> cats don't play like dogs do. <laughs> and I've, I've seen this with other, other dogs I've had as well, where at first they want to play and they're, you know, they, they chase and they want to, you know, they want to bark and they, you know, cause I think they think, Oh, you're fuzzy and small. You must be a, you must be a dog. But then they soon learn that the cats are, Angry and will actually claw you if you start annoying them. (laughs) Or at the very least, the cats will get annoyed and kind of wander off, or they just don't respond. I mean, a lot of cats, I think one of their coping mechanisms is like, I'm just going to sit here and stare at you until you stop. And I think that kind of intimidates the dogs on some level. And all the dogs I've had, eventually they just kind of learn, okay, you're you're the alpha. I, I think <laughs> dogs eventually learn that cats are alphas, and they kind of – so the puppy is now shy around the cats or ignores the cats. That's always the stage I'm trying to get to where the puppy just doesn't pay attention to the cats. Oh, interesting. Uh, but one of the cats has become really uh, loving to the puppy where – uh, Azula she'll actually just go up if if the dogs are quiet and laying down and not doing much she'll come up and actually lick them <laughs> and and the puppy doesn't know what to do she, you know both the dogs kind of they'll look at you they'll be like do you see what's happening right now the the cat <laughs> the cat is licking me what am i supposed to do um behold a talking sock says what is the what is your best piece of advice you would give to someone who is entering a graduate school program in clinical psychology. My best friend just got into one and I'm excited for her. Uh, the best piece of advice that I'd, that I'd give is find a mentor that you connect with, because that will be your lifeline to so many things to alleviating your imposter syndrome to uh, normalizing your experience, to learning things, to feeling safe, to having someone you can go to when a professor pisses you off to getting you a job after graduation. Mentor, mentor, mentor. Orla also says, how does it work for your for your recording a reaction video? How does it work for you when you record a reaction video? What is the process? Roughly how long would one episode of 90 Day Fiance take for you to watch and then divide them up into all the couples? So if you don't know uh, this, people out there, including Birdo, I will watch 90 Day Fiance. I'll watch one episode on Sunday night. And then... I'll divide that reaction experience up into like five to 10 episodes by, by each couple. So how the, in, in short, uh, so there are two hour episodes. So I have to sit down and watch the whole episode, but there's a lot of prep. I got to make sure the lighting is good. The camera is good. The soundproofing is good. I have to actually dress up and, non hangout clothes I have to wear like a like a button down shirt, maybe I have to make sure my hair doesn 't look stupid. I have to make sure that my face doesn 't look stupid. I have to make sure i 'm hydrated and well rested and fed like you know because once I step into that space of like okay i 'm on camera's on th- you know things are happening i can 't have anything getting in my way. I have to make sure the dogs and the cats are put away and quiet and you know there's a there's a whole i have to get my whole house in order right before i can even sit down it's not like i just turn on the camera and start recording like it everything has to be just right i have to be i have to take a nap sometimes i have to make sure that i'm properly you know napped up (laughs) and then when i watch the two-hour episode it takes me five-ish maybe longer hours to record because i have to watch the episode I have to sit through the ads sometimes, and then I have to react, and then I have to sometimes pause and think. Then I will spend two hours editing, and then I spend about an hour rendering, and then I and then me and Stacy, which ch- used to be like three hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I figured out a new way to do it. You know, with the hyper threading of my processor, I I didn't know this until recently that I can actually render like ten videos at the same time. Right. Um, I'd been doing cool. one video at a time. And then I, I just as an experiment, I was like, uh, what if I did like five at the same time? And it actually doesn't slow down the process. I'm like, how is that? I don't understand. So anyway, um, is it hyper threading? Is that what my core is? It's uh multi-threaded, multi-threaded a 24 or 48 multi-thread or something. What is it? It's got multi cores. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is it? Is it, is it, it's not Intel. It's the other one. AMD. AMD. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, Berto Thread helped. Threadripper. Berto helped. Yeah. Threadripper. That's right. Berto helped me build my own computer. And when I was building my computer, I literally, <laughs> it literally caught on fire. When that was I, so bad. <laughs> it took me forever to, to build this thing, you know, cause it's so kind of cobbled together. And then when I turned it on, I was like, okay, it's, you know, and it took me forever to get the right power supply and everything. And then literally the it smoke, I see smoke coming from the computer from the tower. And I quickly turn it off and, and I'm I'm like, what is happening now? And I'm like, oh, my God, I completely burnt the core or, you know, <laughs> anytime your computer is on fire, you, you just throw the whole thing out. But I figured out it was this one random wire that was... Giving power to what was it like? Some random fan or something? And what the, was, wasn't it the plastic
1: was burning up or something?
0: Yeah, the, the well the the yeah the it was overloading the wire and it was heating up so that the plastic was melting off and catching on fire. And so I just disconnected that wire and then everything worked fine. And that's the computer I've been using this whole time, which gives me um, hyperthread. So I can render. Anyway, and then I do mm-hmm. about two hours. Me and Stacey spend about two hours posting, dealing with copy. There's a lot of copyright issues that I have to deal with um, on a weekly basis. It's actually a huge pain in the butt because, like, you'll upload a video. It'll get flagged for copyright. You look at what they're looking at, and you're like, why Why that? Like, how come that all of a sudden that's a problem? Like, the bot just randomly identifies something? Hmm. And then I have to either dispute it, which can take like a month. And by then, you know, I, the episode is long gone. So, you know, I've got to resolve it within a little bit of time. I might re-edit the video, take down the video, upload it, wait a few hours, see if a copyright strike happens. If it does, you know, it's just a huge thing. And then you got to schedule the video. You got to, you got to title the video. You got to write the description. You got to place the ads. Stacy does all that kind of stuff. Takes a long time. So it's really an ordeal is the thing it's, it's every episode of 90 day fiance is like a good chunk of my daily or my weekly workload. You know what I mean? It's, it, it really dominates my, my Sunday, Monday, Tuesday life. Um, but it's worth it. It's fun. You know, it, it doesn't, doesn't, some of it feels like work, the tedium, but the reacting doesn't, doesn't feel difficult. Um, just one more question for me, Berto. Dr. Melinda Lopez is starting a YouTube channel called Twin Trees Vet. And she asks, what tips do you have for making reaction videos on YouTube? I want to start doing reaction videos like yours for animal shows on pet ownership, which is kind of cute. You imagine it like a vet doing a reaction videos like oh that's not that's not good animal uh you know help you know (laughs) yeah
1: that would be very cute and informative
0: yeah she's looking for tips and any help would be greatly appreciated um you know i don't know i the general tips i have is to not expect anyone to pay attention in the beginning i think a lot of people get real hung up on like oh there's going to be so many people and they get they get real bogged down in perfectionism before they even start So just understand that the first uh, number of videos and really the first number of years, in all likelihood, no one will be watching. And so it doesn't matter how bad they are in the beginning. So just if you want to do it, just uh, do it and experiment and have fun, Uh, which is my other tip, is to do what you want to do. Don't do necessarily what you think other people want you to do, because. If you aren't doing what you want to do, it'll quickly feel like a job and that'll suck. And and it'll be worse than a job because you won't be paid. So yeah. um, the other thing is uh don't be tempted to become a shock jock. You know, YouTube actually will reward people that say real shocking things and you know will be very exaggeratory and I mean it's up to you, but I, I have some YouTube colleagues who have become kind of like that and I don't know it just doesn't
1: I mean it's each to their own thing.
0: each to their own yeah each to their own but it's, it's not my thing and also of course learn fair use laws you might want to talk to a lawyer about that I have
1: it's important to to remember that like you, you started doing the reaction videos this uh, last year but it's that was building upon some a foundation that took you many, many years yeah so it, it was you had sort of a, a starter start o- a starter audience that would even look that you posted a video, and then on that it grew and then it grew really rapidly but if you had started from zero, anyone starts from zero it's yeah
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i I've, I've had the YouTube channel for twelve years yeah so and it and the and up until a year ago, my youtube channel was. Basically, no one was watching it, and it was a kind of a complete waste of time. <laughs> I mean, right. um, so for twelve years, I was hammering away at this YouTube thing and failing and failing and failing, and but I didn't care because it—I was doing what I wanted to do. A lot of it was yeah. learning stuff. A lot of it was me and Berto just yammering at each other and posting it. And I was just like, okay, I was, resi- I was resigned. I'm like, no one's going to listen. And why would anyone want to listen? I mean, why would anyone want to listen to me? I, who cares? But I'm having fun. And, you know, that, that, and that was the premise when I started out too. I was, I, I had no aspiration of becoming what we have become, uh, which is our tiny little corner of the internet. Dingo
1: and the baby. What is that? That was from family guy where. Stewie and, and um, Brian create a radio show. You know those morning shows that have the, sh- speaking of shock jocks. Yeah. And they're like, ah! And everything's really loud and they have all these special effects and
0: all this stuff. A lot of farts, I'm guessing. Um, Alex L. says, if you guys met when you were in high school, would your teen selves have been friends? Berto, what do you think?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. First of all, um, more than half my friends in high school were Asian Americans. Or half Asian. And, or or half Asians, full Asians, all Asians. I had all, all walks of Asian life. Um, and I don't know why, like, I think part of it is I gravitated towards classes and things and, and groups and uh, what do you call those? Uh, uh, the activities, like clubs that had um, you know, kids that were uh, a little bit studious, things like this, and uh, a lot of them had very strict parents and So, uh, you know, and plus my school was uh, or the area I lived in had a lot of Asian communities and stuff like that. So if I had grown up, if either you had been down there or I'd been up here, we'd likely have been in similar circles. Now, you also had your your like football side and I didn't really care, follow football, nor did I play football. Uh, But I did have a lot of friends that were in athletics because I did do swim team and things like that. So, but, but I wasn't really that friendly with them outside of school. So I feel like we would have probably found uh, still connection in music, connection in geeky stuff like D&D, and uh, just overall, like, goofiness.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm on the fence on this one. So I agree with you that with music, not only with our tastes, we have very similar tastes when it comes to music. Beatles, Depeche Mode, and so on. But also music writing. Uh, we Now, you're younger than me, so you would have been a freshman, I think, when I was no, a No, we have
1: to normalize this. We okay. have to, like, say, hey, we were the same age or, or yeah, close yeah. to it. Yeah.
0: So if you're in the same grade, then I, I think we could have bonded over music. I mean, did you do any talent shows or musicals or plays or anything? Um, I did talent shows, musical talent shows. Okay, so we could have... Yeah. We could definitely have met in a context like that. And and did you play the bass in high school?
1: I, um, was I already playing bass in high
0: school? No. In high school, I
1: was playing keyboards and singing.
0: Yeah, I think I would have really sought you out for that, because there were...
1: That's why I ended up in a band in the first place, because they were like, you have a keyboard? I'm like, well, my brother has a keyboard.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because at at the the talent show that I was in, uh, the... Uh, I was actually like completely roped into doing it. I, there was no way I was going to get up on stage and sing, but um, I was ro- completely pressured into doing it, and I was utter, utterly terrified. And I instantly was like, "Oh, I like music. I can write." You know, I'm, just, it would, It all happened so fast. It was like I was completely roped in. I so one week I'm a jock who. Hmm you know, is on the football team and that's how everyone understands me. And I'm not in choir and I'm not in, um, uh, theater or anything like that. And, uh, my girlfriend in high school, she's like, you have to, she was like a huge theater music, uh singer. She, she was like a short Barbra Streisand, you know, just like okay. totally like that. And the way she talked and the way she held herself, she was, extremely charismatic and everyone knew her and you know. And she it was her last talent. She was older too. She was two years older, so it was her senior year and she's like, You've you've gotta sing with me. It's gotta be a real cute thing with you and me. And so we sang somewhere out there, uh, you know, the cartoon uh mm, s- yeah. you know, Five West there. is that yeah or American yeah. Tale or something. One of us. And um so we sang that and I, within like a week, I thought, geez, you know. And I always kind of wanted to be in a band, even though I was like I wasn't really a musician. And and so I I picked out a bunch of people who were also performing in the talent show, and I formed a band. And so I I definitely would have approached you as a fellow songwriter and someone who you know really likes to do stuff, I definitely would have wanted to work with you. Well,
1: and what would have happened, assuming, so we're making a lot of assumptions here. We're assuming Ty Verzoni would have been at the same school. So you absolutely would have known Ty because Ty was in every club, you know, class precedent, like the most active, basically Rushmore (laughs) times 10. Like he was in everything, right? Yeah, that was me too. So you knew everyone. (laughs) I, I
0: I was in government... I was, you know, in theater, I was in, you know, eventually I was in choir, I was in football, I played, you know, played basketball. so you and Ty
1: would have known each other. Yeah, okay. And and so Ty, at the very least, Ty would have introduced us.
0: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. And also, you know, people of color, and you're pretty obnoxious, and so I I definitely would have, I mean, for all the reasons that I liked you when I met you uh, a number of years later, but on the other hand... I had a you know i had a really tight knit group of friends that I had from from kindergarten or preschool, and we were in a very tight knit group and so you know if you had shown up to school uh-'cause didn't you come to the, you at know, fifteen i i just yeah you just entered i, I showed midway. up in tenth grade yeah It's possible that I would have integrated you or, you know, if we would have become friends, but there's also a possibility that I just would have seen you as a, as like a, maybe a music collaborator, but not like a friend. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say.
1: It is hard to say because, well, who knows? (laughs) It's just that like, I was definitely, um, I, I I did not, I shied away from scenes. Um, we've talked a bit about this. I never liked scenes. So If you had been like, hey, dude, we've got this, you know, all my friends, we do these certain activities on a regular basis. I probably would have made a lot of excuses for why I wasn't going to show up, you know, and then you probably would have stopped inviting me. Um, What I used to do a lot is I would show up to parties because parties were easy. It was like a one off thing. But I was really bad because I hated the idea. I was really bad at like becoming a part of a regular thing. And and I think that's what what me and many of my friends that were kind of closer together had in common, because we were all like one-off people, <laughs> like, and then the only thing that did keep going was the music. That was the one thing. I was like, okay, well, we'll we'll keep the music going. But a lot of these people, like Dave, and you know, they they're all like not not the kind of people that would. Join very consistent groups that would do very consistent things. At least that was my experience. Man, that so is, with you, that, we could have yeah. maybe been like friends with music, and then maybe later we're like, hey, let's do more.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a complete opposite for me because you know me, I'm an organizer, and yeah. in high school, I literally organized a a click. Uh, it was I was midway through high school, and I was just like, uh, for various reasons, I wanted to quickly. Contrive a click, and I had a bunch of friends, and I literally (laughs) sat down and listed out like twenty-five different guys that I wanted in my tight knit clip. Click, that's a
1: big tight knit clip.
0: But 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 I narrowed it down to nine or eight eight other guys, and and I literally had initiation ceremonies, in, and, and we we sort of cobbled it together as a group, but we and. And it was extremely regular, and it was extremely insular. We had like a, our we were called NAU, which uh, uh, a Vietnamese friend of mine came up with it. We wanted to call it Ninja Assassination Unit, <laughs> <laughs> which doesn't make any sense because we weren't ninjas and we weren't assassinating anybody, <laughs> but we were a unit, I suppose, um, a unit of goofiness. And um, I formed this group as a way of like saying. I want a consistent in-group that I can depend on and we hang we hung out all the time and wow. we hung out all weekend, all week, you know, during lunch, after school. I mean, you know, it was Everyone knew you know we were a thing yeah. and knew our name and after we graduated like younger people still kind of worshipped us and they they, <laughs> they graffitied the school with NAU and oh stuff. Oh my gosh, that's it. Crazy. It was like it was like save Ferris kind of a thing. It was kinda of weird. That's so funny. But anyway, yeah, you would you would not have liked that because that was very A. You very probably wouldn't obligatory. have invited me. B
1: I wouldn't have made the cut. C, you would have <laughs> try to talk to the others to like still let me in and then i wouldn't have showed up and you would have had a conversation with me about how you put your foot on the line and then i let you down (laughs) here's the thing i don't know why i I really can't can't say exactly why but all my life even to this day i don't like putting myself in a situation where i have to be like part of this um structure is it the obligation
0: You don't maybe. want to let him down? You don't want to. Well, de- and
1: maybe there's too, there's more than one aspect because uh, there is one part of it that I fear. Uh, I fear crowd madness. And maybe that's because, you well, know, we I had. Saw a lot we had of oh, my God, I, can, I can't
0: even tell you the stories that we've that had to do with our Lord of the Flies crowd. Ma- I mean, we, we got into some serious trouble, uh, the, right. the nine of us. And there was a lot of that. So you you, you wouldn't have liked that at all. (laughs) Right. Because I grew up in a place and a time where I saw a
1: lot of that, not only in my school, but more importantly in society. And I was like, yeah, I don't like crowds. I I mean, I don't like what crowds end up convincing themselves that they should be doing. Um, And so I think, this is my hypothesis, is that that made me very like, like want to pull away from anything that was a click, anything like, oh, uh, you're into this kind of music. Okay, let's dress a certain way and let's go do this. thing. No, 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 no. So the only time that I, that I actually found what every, the closest thing to a click was because of music, playing music together. That was it, playing music together. And love for Beatles, you know, sure. And that one I was okay with because I still dressed however the hell I wanted to dress. And we, we had a cross-section of music we liked, but we also had other songs that we each liked. And so I didn't feel too confined, and that was fine. Everything else beyond that, there were groups of friend and in, in, friends in high school. I had a foot in a lot of different groups of friends, but I I definitely wasn't the um, I wasn't a core member of most of them because yeah. they would have these very organized things they would do and like they oh we're doing our camping trip this weekend oh we're doing I never did any of that shit so yeah I think that you and why? I probably would why? have had you, a- like you'd get invited on a camping trip and you wouldn't go I, yeah I did why. Know. I mean, if Ty, no, so like if Ty invited me to go like on a hike, that's different. But it was one of those these little like, ooh, a bunch of us are planning on
0: this spring break. Ah, stop it! Why? That. Why? That I is, don't know. Those are the, some of the funnest times we had in high school. I don't was know. like we actually would this? We had this epic camping trip we went on. The nine of us yeah. we went to Shallan and it, you know we're sixteen years old and we have no idea how to camp. Like one of us kind of has a tent and we just drive out to slam. We don't know where we're going. We don't know where to, and we just, our parents are just like, well, uh, you know, like they'll figure it out. And Mm -hmm. we go off into the wilderness. And I mean, the adventures we had, it it was uh, the, the noise complaints, the ranger comes by, uh, trying to afford, um, cause you know we didn't have any money so we'd go to the store and we'd buy like the cheapest canned food and like maybe like two hot dog buns or something and right. and everyone would be like oh can I have one of your hot dogs like the whole thing like <laughs> there's just one uh, memory and of course you had to be there but um, we uh, well I'll just, it's, it's hot dog water
1: where oh, God.
0: because you know you boil your hot dogs and then you're trying to you you're trying to you know like you're trying to use the whole bison you know so it's like you're trying to it's like well there's still some juices in the hot dog anyway you know i you know it's interesting brito have i ever talked about nau on the podcast before i don't think i ever i don't think so and i'm surprised that it hasn't come up because it's a it's a pretty big part of my life and it's pretty weird too like there's all these weird aspects and you know in my life, there have been brief moments where I contemplating, you know, like writing a screenplay or something. And mm-hmm. I, I'm sure it would be terrible because I'm not a good writer. But I about 75% of the random screenplay I- ideas that I had was one night of NAU where I would actually, <laughs> you know, I would actually piece together maybe a few different nights, but make it into one night because right. we would have these epic adventures uh, the and it wasn't always all nine of us. It was it was usually like a group, but we would just do because you know there was no cell phones, there was no internet. Right. Um, you had Nintendo NES, but you know it was it was only so much fun. You're young. You you everyone has a car. Uh, there's I don't know. We just had we just had so many different adventures, and it, it's a big deal to me and. I guess I've been shy about sharing it on the podcast. Maybe it's too personal. I mean, you hadn't told me about it. Forget the podcast. Like, I haven't told you about it? Not really, no. 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 Oh, well, you know guys from NAU. I do,
1: but I didn't know about NAU and all these crazy stories. I mean, yeah, you know, you know Huber and you know, yeah.
0: you know Glover.
1: I knew that you had a, a clique of friends, but I, I didn't know that it was like a concerted clique that you had put together. Like I didn't know any of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I sat down with a name, with a list of names of twenty five yeah. guys, and the first four guys that like said yes, I'm in. I like initiated them into the group, and then we <laughs> we got two more guys and two That's more guys, dude. Yeah, and um, and and once we were formed, it was like we we actually wouldn't allow us to have other friends
1: <laughs> it was a fraternity
0: yeah it was but i didn't know what that was you know i didn't I know that's what i was forming i yeah. i just i just knew that i wanted a group of friends that i could depend on and i knew that they wanted it too i sort of yeah. knew that everyone wants this and so let's let's make it formal and it was a huge part of of my life you know yeah, huge huge incredible. part of my my like um Security, you know, like a a huge part of my trust in other friends of mine, you know, the, 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 the trust that we had in each other, the, that we needed to have for each other because we went through some, we, a lot of the stuff we went through was completely self imposed, you know, like we, we would create problems for ourselves (laughs) that we had to get through. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You know, I wonder so okay. So part
1: of this for me is um when I was in school in Colombia, I went to a private school, but I didn't myself have any money. Most of the people that went, that went there came from money. So there were a lot of times where uh you know, there were birthday parties or events, trips and things, and I could never do any of it because either I wasn't invited or I wouldn't have had the money to do it anyways. Um so and I lived by myself. I was an only child in a house in a neighborhood with no kids, no kids anywhere nearby anyways. I had to like cross several very dangerous streets to go to where there might be kids that I might meet, and so it never did um and so the friends I ended up gravitating towards we you know we bonded over very specific things like basketball and um and jokes (laughs) and like uh, earlier about computer stuff. Later it was like more about sports and things. But anyways, and then when I moved up here, like the friends that I really ended up bonding with, like Ron, for example, it was definitely music and kind of that like eclectic, like, I don't know. We weren't into one specific thing. Like you couldn't have said Ron is the, Oh yeah. Ron's blah. Like I I still can't tell you. I mean, he took, he took, Photos for the yearbook. So it's kind of weird. It's like we were the outcast, like we didn't really fit in anything. Um, but we were social, you know, we're sociable people. And I so I, I think it was a, a combination of me growing up in an environment where I actually couldn't become part of things, coupled with me seeing the news and the events, going like, wow. People when they get together, they cause a lot of trouble. So I think like my psychology developed in such a way that I'm like, look, I just want to do my own thing. And then That manifested as, uh, "Hey Berto, we're we're thinking of like this literally happened. We're thinking of doing this camping trip." I went along. This was with Ty, Dave, Shun, and a few other people, and and we took Ty's huge suburban, and everyone like planned for this. That's
0: funny. We went. We uh, Glover had a suburban too. Huge. That's the car to do. That's the giant suburban. Yeah.
1: And we went on this big camping trip, and I guarantee you this meant a lot more to everyone else <laughs> for me my favorite memories came from like certain songs we we listened to the cure a lot on the way there i have a couple of memories of the which but album we uh well mixed up was the album oh, i hated that album god it was the one i had sorry but anyways i had it too but
0: uh, but, but here's the thing we
1: came to
0: so the the cure it was when Manchester dancing was starting to get kind of popular, and they they would take all of these really awesome cure songs and put them to like these kind of trip hop beats, and you know they were basically like 12 inch mixes of these songs that I loved, and it it was uh it was hard to listen to
1: yeah i I understand why you're saying that, um but I was kind of like that was my <laughs> it's like you know I had a piece of candy. <laughs> yeah. And then we're on this camping trip, and we get to this cave, and everyone's excited about going in this cave. Like it's a it's a cave. We gotta go in the cave. Do you think I went in the cave?
0: Well, were you anxious, or were you just like,
1: no? I I mean yes, I'm sure I was anxious because I I'm like I don't want to like die in a cave. But also well, okay,
0: so I'm just gonna <laughs> take a guess and say that you had a bad attitude because if. If you were in a band and you were like, hey, let's all write a song together, you'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Like, I think you were going into that activity like one foot in it, one foot out.
1: Um, well, any activity, like if it would have been bungee jumping, skydiving, driving really fast, anything that was risky, I would have been like, nah, I'm out. Going into a cave? Yeah.
0: Yeah. What kind of a cave was it?
1: Who knows? I didn't go in. <laughs> but they came out like, oh my gosh, that was amazing stuff. So here's the thing. I enjoyed the fact that I was with friends. I enjoyed the music. I kind of liked the trip in general.
0: So you don't, you don't reminisce with Shun and Dave? Dave. And Not Eam? about that trip. I reminisce about other things. But you don't, you don't like, remember that time
1: we did the duh? Yes. Do, do they... So here's the things that I treasured. Remember that when time I put that... in that
0: CD of The Cure That Sucked and made you <laughs> all listen to it? That was
1: awesome. Listen, the things I reminisce and really treasure. When we made videos together, that was fun. Okay, you know, like we made these videos. Um, we went in the middle of the night to this place called Blood Red Moon, and it was a big pile of sand, huge. I mean, Wait, gigantic. Is that, is
0: that near Tacoma?
1: Yeah, it was by the water, and then you could. And you weren't. You, we were totally trespassing. We could run up to the top and then roll down or jump off and like probably break your neck in the process. So ask me if that's consistent with my cave fear. No, it's not. But whatever. <laughs> It was so fun. Um, so what's that, the difference between that and the camping trip? I don't understand. I think there was a lot less planning. Oh, that's what it is. There was a lot less planning involved. Oh my god! It was basically like I like flying by the seat of my pants.
0: Oh my god! There were
1: other other things too, because when you're like, "Hey, we're going to be gone for four days," I start doing the math in my head, and I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait!" wait.
0: So I just so I just told you that I'm being I'm going to be fully inoculated soon, and. I was like, "Hey, let's get together cuz we can finally like hang out." Cuz I mean, just so everyone understands, like me, me and Umberto, even though it's probably okay for Berto and I to get together at an outside restaurant, like it's the risk is probably pretty low. Berto and I are so so careful about the virus that we haven't been doing anything even with the remote chance of of you know, catching the virus and passing it along. And so I haven't seen Berto face to face in a year. Yeah. And I, and I was like, okay, I'm going to be fully inoculated. It's going to be 10 days after I got my second vaccine and I'm going to be doing all these different things. And I made a plan with you for, you know, next week for us to meet up and go to lunch. Am I roping you into something that you don't want to (laughs) do? Are you gonna like? Is this gonna be a camping trip or is this gonna be old blood, blood red moon? This is
1: this is somewhere in between. (laughs) (laughs) No, listen, listen. Honestly, there is something about the planning that's true, but but there are even even if it's just
0: like a schedule, like hey, let's meet up for lunch. Uh,
1: Even scheduling it it, it annoys me. I don't know why, man. It's weird, but the other part. So if I I just called
0: you that morning and was like, hey, let's go to lunch, it would have been better for you. Yeah, absolutely why improv you, improv but how do you how do you, you plan pants. your goddamn life i mean like I you gotta you just like ha- float like a leaf like forest this gum. pod this podcast would not exist if i didn't plan in advance you understand like everything about <laughs> everything about what's good in life has something that or 99 percent of what has to do with good in life has to do with like making a plan now there was another aspect
1: when i was a kid and maybe it's still true but not as much When you're like, hey, we're going to go be gone for four days, man. I was like, oh, that's cool, that's cool. Wait a minute, what days? Well, we'll leave Thursday, we'll be back Sunday night. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Here's all the things I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss MST3K on Saturday night with Aaron. (laughs) I'm going to miss... the Simpsons with my brother on Like I would just make a list of the things that I okay. was already going to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, And I you, liked you would,
0: my routines. <laughs> yeah, you'd rather do those things. That, that's okay. That makes sense. It, someone's asking you to make a plan to do something that's going to degrade your life. Like That's not a problem. Well, but most... Well, I don't know if most people... A lot of people
1: um, liked uh, the idea of going somewhere. You know, like we're going to go somewhere. And for me... Oh, and, and, okay. And this one might be because as a kid, I traveled so freaking much that I maybe got to the point where I was like, I don't want to go anywhere. That could be that. Actually, that could be part of it, man. Now that I think about it, see, we're doing a little therapy here. <laughs> I traveled so much as a little kid and they were traumatic travelings, right? Because it was like, I'm going to go see my mom that I haven't seen for a year or I'm moving back to Columbia or I'm moving to New York with my dad. Or, or you, you see what I'm saying? Like these yeah. weren't just like, and, tr- and long trips. These were long destabilizing trips. Maybe that traumatized me. Maybe I was like, no more. I just want to be in my house, have consistent routine. No, I don't want to go on your stupid camping trip.
0: <laughs> so if I, so if I made a plan to just come over to your house that day, would that, f- I mean, I'm not saying we do that, but would that feel less annoying?
1: Oh, this is what I loved about well, like when we played music, you would show up in my house because it was Wednesday or whatever. Like, but we play. would make
0: a plan, and it was well, it yeah, was for wen- your sake. Wednesday at <laughs> seven or something. For your sake,
1: we had a plan, and I loved it because I was sitting there doing whatever, and all of a sudden people knock on the door. I'm like, oh, we got to play. Um, and I didn't have to leave the comfort of my little cocoon. I didn't have to travel to go see my mom. Well, well that know? I
0: get because well, that I get <laughs> uh, because you know I we record the podcast normally at my house, right? And you would always come over to my house and we would record. Bob comes over to my house. Everyone would come over to my house, and I liked that too because um, you know I always have parties at my house, right? Um, you know whether it's family or friends, and I've always liked that because uh, I don't you know. I just like my house, you know, It's I'm a, I'm yeah. a homebody. Well, I mean, I'm,
1: that's a common, you know, people eh. tend to like that. Yeah. Uh, so, in in summary, here's what I think. I think you and I would have had a kinship. We would have connected on music somehow. We would have run in parallel circles, because there's some people I would have known that you would have known. There's a couple things we wouldn't have connected on. I wouldn't have been in your footwell, football world at all. I,
0: I would have... You would have I, asked I wasn't, me to, I wasn't in my football world. I had friends on the football team for sure, like really okay. good friends. But we we never hung out after school. Okay, okay.
1: And and then the second thing is, yeah, I guess the more structured you made your reality, the the more I would have been like an outsider, like a little satellite on that. So I could see it. I could see that every now and then you're what is it called? The ninjas with attitude. You guys would throw a party (laughs) and, and I would show up because, you know, I like you invited me and then you're like, Bardo. And then after a few drinks, you would have been like, not that you would have been drinking at that age, but I'm just saying, pretend like you're drinking cider or something. Uh, You'd be like, Bardo, you really need to, we need to get you into the ninja society. And I would be like, totally, totally dude. And then the next day I didn't show up and you're like, okay, never mind. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, so I could see that, totally. Or I could see us being best friends, you know, like, I like given, a possibility. <laughs> given our obnoxiousness level, our extroversion, our creativity, like, uh, desires, you know, like... Yeah. I didn't have a lot of friends, or I'm trying to think of anyone who shared such a passion for the Beatles, one, and two, for music. Uh, I don't That's know if I true. knew anyone. Like, I could see us being in a band for sure. And like spending and spe- you know, the, the two bandmates that I played with in high school, mainly we overlapped in some ways, but they were, they were also pretty different in terms of what they were interested in. Yeah. Whereas you and I, I could imagine us being like almost lockstep in our preferences for, for, for music That's and funny. harmony and, and, uh, sort of, uh, our attitude about how to record like you know you and yeah, i yeah. we just sort of dive in whether it's a good idea or not it's just like okay drum that's machine true. let's go but you know even even though i didn't know what i was doing when i was in high yeah. school but i i loved experimenting and like just putting stuff on tape and like listening back and i could see the two of us just being yeah fast friends in that way
1: that's a good point and we would have had that respect for each other and that's fair i wonder isn't it funny if we could like roll the simulation, be like, all right, put Berto in, and then we try it both ways. Throw Kirk in in Tacoma, throw Berto up here. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah,
0: well, I mean, who says we're not in a in a, a simulation? That's true. All right, just a few more questions. Cotty Wample says, favorite Japanese food, Berto? Oh, my gosh. Okay, well,
1: specifically, I like uh, anything that's a spicy roll, like a, a hamachi, spicy hamachi roll, or a... Uh, scallops with a little bit of, of spiciness to it. Uh, those are delicious. Rolls? I also really love...
0: What? what the, the the um, scallop roll you're talking about?
1: Yeah, like a little yeah. uh, okay. sushi roll with spicy uh, and scallop or hamachi in it. Oh, delicious. And then um, black... What is it? Black cod, like that little black cod with the rice. Yeah, You know, yeah. the... Yeah, yeah. The... Uh, Chilean? Oh no! Is it Chilean sea? No, it's the Chilean sea bass. Is that okay. what I'm thinking of? It's like it's kind of sweet. It's miso glazed. And, yeah. Well, the, you know yeah. they have
0: all sorts of uh, grilled oh fish that they serve.
1: Yeah, actually, I kind of can't go wrong with a nice little miso rubbed grilled fish and some some of that sushi rice. Oh my gosh,
0: love it. Oh man, for me it's hard to answer, but the first thing that popped in my head was ikura, which is salmon roe sashimi. Um, mm. I it's rich. I can't eat too much of it, but when I order sashimi, I want that f- or a or a good salmon sake mm. salmon uh, slab. I usually that's what I want first. I want yeah. I want that in my mouth first. As a kid, I love tonkatsu, and of course, I love spam musubi, which isn't Japanese precisely; it's Japanese American. Um, Orla also says, "Is there a quiz for seeing what percentage secure attachment you are?" The answer is, yes, there's several online quizzes, but, you know, they're probably only approximating. You really need to talk with a professional about assessing you. They could do the adult adult attachment interview and other kinds of measures. Alex L. on Discord says, I just saw the PISS Instagram post, the Psychology in Seattle Instagram post. Dr. Kirk, was that a ponytail? Yes, that was a ponytail. I had a ponytail for many years. Uh, Peppy10 says, final question. Uh, And this question is for you, Berto, because I figured you would know the answer to this. Uh, Where do babies come from?
1: Oh, yeah. I get asked this a lot. A lot of times it's at night, and I don't know why the question pops up more at night, but um, there's three main schools of thought. The more popular, I'd say, is the one about uh, the man and the woman, the women or the woman, um, they have to like, it's kind of a chemical reaction that happens between them when they are embraced in just the right way and stuff like that. I don't really buy that one. The, the second one is of course that a specific kind of avian variety delivers uh, little tiny fetus like babies, uh, in, in packets and that these grow with the proper nutrition and watering. I think that's a little too, um, uh, magical realism for me. The one I believe, and just I think, is the way that it actually happens is because the world is not um, actually—it's—it's a hollow earth that we live in. Not—it doesn't have the whole magma and all that crap. Uh, The—the earth opens up, and out of the earth pop up these little seedlings, and the mommy puts the seedling in a little cup of water overnight. In the morning, if all goes well, it's like chia—you know—it gets a little puffy, it gets a little fluffy. And uh, as long as the mom remembers that it's not chia and doesn't drink it, uh, then takes it out, puts it out in the sun for a little bit, and it starts growing into a little baby. And that's how I grew up.
0: I believe that's how it happens for most humans. Well, that is it for that episode of Scientifically Based Psychology in Seattle episode. Everyone out there, please take care of yourself and water your chia because you deserve it.